on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Thursday, November 17th. In the midst of Twitter crashing and crumbling around us, the ruins of said... I'm, by the way, I think I reached 9,999 Twitter followers today, so it would, it would figure that it completely goes downhill now. Uh, finally reaching the magic 10,000 here. So, uh, as Twitter crashes and crumbles, as a legend retires, as so many things are happening with the LA Galaxy, we want to get to and we want to talk to you about it. We have a great show for you tonight. Uh, the LA Galaxy announce, uh, uh, announcing their return to the desert. We're going to talk about some of the season pass stuff that's coming up. Um, some little other news nuggets in there as well, but t- trust me, a very, very packed show. To help me do all of it, we're glad to have him back. Hasn't been back since September, I think. Way too long. We're glad to have him. It's Mr. Christian Miles. Christian, my friend, how are you doing? I've been missing you guys. I've been missing you. I, I feel dejected. I'm lonely in the corner over here. It, it does sort of feel like like there's nothing to do. Like, is it, it? It feels a little bit like the time, like right before school starts, where you know that you have to go to school, and so like you kind of don't want to do anything. Maybe like a Sunday at evening, right? You get the Sundays where you're like, "Hey, tomorrow I have to do stuff." So now Sunday evening kind of sucks. That's kind of where it feels right now. We know we have stuff to do. I kind of don't yeah. want to do it, but you have to get through it. You have to get through the through the holidays, and then things will finally start to open and blossom up for the for the beginning of the season. Does it feel that way, or is that just me? I see what you're saying, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of a nervous wreck right now. We've got, <laughs> you know, we got the World Cup coming up on a Monday. We've got all this, you know, free agency going on in MLS. We got the there's so much uncertainty. It kind of feeds into my nervousness right now. That I I, I, I don't know. I, I need some stability. I need I, I need some grounding. Right. So hopefully we we can you know work through that right now. So I don't know. It, it's it's a long time till February, right? <laughs> It's it's almost a long time. It's actually just a hundred days until the LA Galaxy kick off against LAFC. If that if that doesn't like sort of say, oh, it's really far away, but it's also really close. I mean, I know there's 30 days in a month, so technically still more than three months away. But at the same time, it says a hundred days on there, and I know a hundred days isn't that far away. Maybe it's it's less than a third of a year. So again, I mean, I'm trying to do the math. A hundred days feels close to me. Like there should be solid things in place already because it's only a hundred days away. Yeah, it's it's a little less than a third of the years though. So so we got some time. So we got a lot of stuff to do in between then. 
Galaxy had a lot to sort out too. I mean, in between now and then. So yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. The, the season's over and you think, oh, it's time to chill out. There's so many behind the scenes things going on. It's when I start to feel guilty for not doing shows like every single, like two a week all the time. I start to feel guilty about it. But at the same time, it's like, it's, we're not quite there yet. Calm down. Everybody, everybody breathe. Uh, by the way, a $2 super chat from Chris who says RIP Twitter. Uh, yeah, I know. We're, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't take long. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, hashtag. And and I'm sure it won't be Elon's fault that it all went. It will be it'll be other people who who whose fault it was. It, it wasn't him coming in like a like a bull in a china shop and wrecking everything. You know, it's one of those. It's, a, it's like having kids. I don't know if you ever go to a store. You're always afraid. I'm always afraid my kid is going to break something because I'm going to pay for it. But at the same time, like if you're talking about it in terms of Twitter, it's like going into the store, letting your kid break stuff, and then blaming the store. You know, it's like yeah. exactly yeah. like the the drunken bull in a china shop. It is. Uh, let's get to L.A. Galaxy and start to talk about some L.A. Galaxy news. An interesting day. A lot of nerves today. People thought there was a big signing afoot. I saw everybody saying, oh, Aaron Long, blah, blah, blah. I would like you to know that from Qatar, Panda texted me and was like, hey, Aaron Long. He goes, that whole signing thing, don't don't bite into it. He's like, don't bite. And I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, he's like, don't bite. And I'm like, I woke up at six o'clock in the morning and I had this tweet on my, or a text on my phone and I wrote back to him real quick. And I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm like, he, he's like, don't bite on it. I'm like, okay. So I knew that. I also had been tipped off about, oh, 24 hours earlier that perhaps one Mr. AJ De La Garza was coming back to the LA Galaxy for the purposes of signing a one-day contract and retiring. So I knew that that was in the in play, and I knew why people were sort of thinking Aaron Long, but that timeline, I'm telling you, nothing's really, those those free agent signings, I don't expect a lot of them, unless they're staying with the teams they're at, and that's where they want to be. I don't expect a lot of those things to happen for any World Cup players. Right. Like World Cup players are off doing right. World Cup things. They're nothing. Let them go do World Cup things. And then when they come back, they will sort out their free agency and everything else. So for me, I was like, no, that doesn't even make sense, even if you thought it was Aaron Long. But we did get the announcement and it was Mr. AJ Delagars, the L.A. Galaxy going a long way to right a wrong in this particular. This is the least they could do, Christian, in, in my my particular uh, opinion on this. This goes back, obviously, to the infamous 2017 season. This goes back to Pete Vianis and the infamous trade for AJ De La Garza. Uh, I think moving him to Houston, if I remember correctly, um, at the time. So he goes to Houston and possibly, and the rumors were possibly after being told he wasn't going to be traded, right? That he was safe, that he was staying. And I think they had just bought a house not too long ago and they were really sort of settling down and everybody knows AJ De La Garza, a fan favorite. So the least the LA Galaxy could do, and I have to imagine it wasn't much of a thought provoking, like it wasn't like, oh, we have to think about this, this, but the least they could do is have AJ De La Garza retire as a Galaxy player. So he signs a one day contract. He retires as an LA Galaxy player. And that ends a very long career uh, and a guy who I started my soccer coverage with 2009 was my first season doing podcasting. Christian, <laughs> one of the few first players I interviewed was AJ De La Garza. First one was Brian Jordan. Everybody remembers that next was AJ De La Garza, right? So AJ has been a huge part of not only my coverage, um, not only this show, because AJ had bit would call in at least maybe once a month during uh, some of some of those years. And he was always a guy that I could reach out to and be like, hey, would you mind coming on the show? Absolutely, I'll do it. There's a, that I, I would say it's an infamous episode because we didn't know, but AJ was supposed to come on the show and he wasn't answering his texts and he wasn't doing it. I was with uh, co-host Corey Ritzow and 
I was told, hey, he'll get to you. You know, he's busy right now. The whole deal. And we weren't given a lot of information. And so uh, AJ call, calls into the show. Finally, he's a little bit about 10, 15 minutes late in the whole deal. And he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, and he was going through a tough time. This is whenever uh, Luca hadn't quite been born yet. So the whole deal. But we didn't know exactly what was going on. But AJ said he wanted to come on the show. It wasn't a problem. Well, he called us from the hospital. They were getting a checkup at the hospital and he called us and went out of the room in order to talk to us. And I remember Corey talked to him for a little bit and then I'm like, we got to You don't need to be talking to us. This is not this is not that important. And we ended up um, canceling. But that's how dedicated I think AJ was to making sure that his fans knew what was going on and staying connected. And then, um, quite honestly, I hope that, you know, that he trusted us to sort of tell his story on on the show so much. So uh, to see AJ retire, Christian, one, we were just talking about how old we were before we started this. That's a little reminder of how old we are, uh, that AJ Delagarza started his People career. Do. Yeah, right. Start, yeah, started his career in 2009. And here, here I've outlasted a, some players, but this one hits a little closer to home. But I couldn't be happier that AJ Delagarza and I'm such a big fan of his personally. Um, this is just such a uh, I, I think it's the perfect way. And I was hoping that it would end this way in some way possible that he would be attached to the galaxy. You know, it's tough because, you know, we sit and we talk about the soccer and we talk about everything. But, you you know, the, the human side of this is, you know, we develop relationships with these people. I have a relationship with you. You have a relationship with these people. You have a relationship with AJ and you, you develop a fondness for, for people that you interact with on a daily basis. And there is that human factor. So. You know, you can't help but feel and you want the best for these people that, you, you know, you really kind of take a liking to. And, you know, I think AJ is one of those guys. I, I don't have a relationship with AJ. I, I know people that know him, that people that I hold in high esteem. And, I, you know, I, I think of him in the highest regard. And I, I think of him back in the, the glory days of the galaxy and everything that he did was great. Uh, my question to you he hasn't been on. What did you say to him to not make him want to come back? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that was it was funny. I actually I I reached out to him and I was like, hey, you know, blah, blah. His, I think they were off at the uh, chasing around a mouse around Anaheim, uh, if, if I if I know correctly. Right. Which as a family man and as a dad of three girls. Um, uh, he is, uh, he has to, he has to visit the mouse. You have to pay your respects to the mouse whenever you're, you're in this area. Three girls. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a part of him that was like after, after Luca passed away that he was like, maybe, maybe I'll get a boy. And, and you know, this, that's how you end up with three, by the way, that's usually how you end up with three. You're always trying to get the other one. Right. And then there's three, then you cut it off. That's it. No more. Uh, I know somebody who went to five, by the way, because they kept trying to. And I think they ended up with like five boys oh, um, trying trying for the girl. But uh, AJ and Megan and and their entire family are, are part of the Galaxy family. And I think AJ said it. And so often I think it could be sort of uh, seen as not genuine. But he said, you know, part of you, the fan base here is part of my family. And like most people say that and you're like, yeah, whatever. Lip service. It, with AJ, it means something. Uh, yeah. I, I I had to miss the Luca knows heart game, right? Well, this was this was I, I believe, um, uh, you know, sort of the the big emotional outpouring and the turnaround. I forget what year it was. I know somebody will will correct me in the chat room, but um, they they the galaxy went out and I was on an airplane and I was traveling back to I believe Southern California and this game was on that evening or whether I was traveling to to Colorado, however it was going. In that thing, so I was listening to it and trying to watch it on the plane. Like I bought the fourteen dollar internet to try to do it, and it's like coming in in spurts and things. But I remember the goal after goal started being scored by the LA Galaxy, and I remember just the emotional outpouring, not only from the fans, I felt it myself, um, and yeah. from AJ and everybody else. That was such a such a moment. 
Um, and and that's one of those together moments, Christian, right? Where it's like, it doesn't matter who you are, but you feel like you're part of something that's bigger than, than what you're actually at. Um, it's like, it's like a part of sport, but it's bigger than sport. Yeah. So much. And it's also, it's, it's part of like, just, I mean, I'm not gonna get mushy and hippie with you. It's just part of being a, a human and we're interacting in these situations where that's what makes sports sport. And it's, the pure unbridled honesty of it in that moment. And I know exactly what you're feeling. You get overcome for emotion because you love these people. Right. That, you know, they're interacting, they're succeeding and you want them to succeed, but it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to explain. It's hard to put it into words, but I, I, I have the same sentiment and I know exactly where you're coming from. And it's, you want nothing but great things to happen to people like AJ. Yeah, and and that's sort of you you want the best. And, and I've always said this about all the Galaxy players. I want Galaxy players to succeed. Oh, absolutely. Right? You know, and I've always and I don't think I've been been shy about that. I mean, I have favorites. I was ta- telling you before the my favorite player I think I ever covered for the LA Galaxy is Ashley Cole. You were you were a little surprised by yeah. that, but he was that he, surprised me. He was very nice to me, and he was so intelligent with soccer and his soccer mm-hmm. takes. And it was just, it was always such a pleasure to talk to him. Nigel De Jong was up there as one of my favorite people yeah. to talk to. Landon Donovan, Todd Donovan, AJ De La Garza, um, you know, Sean Franklin. It's probably, it's a lot of the, it's sort of Mike McGee. It's, it's you're talking about the core of the LA Galaxy that was there for a while. Are some of these people that really you you wanted to succeed and and you really were sort of even though uh, as being in the press box you don't cheer you're not picking a side but I would like to see them succeed and if that means winning a championship is the ultimate then then that's the you know sort of the succeed that I want to see um, or the success that I want to see I was trying to trying to be fun with that um, but yeah yes. I mean someone's coming in to say goodnight so oh, oh yeah say, that's fine yeah this is Princess Layton hi she wants Layton. To say <laughs> okay. Good night, sweet. Go get- <laughs> Good night, oh, Layton. See, mama, and we'll go. We'll go have it. Um, but yeah, so so uh, you know, just all of those little things that we've sort of seen in in throughout the years and in different ways and in doing different things, we have it. It, it sort of brings it all home. My favorite AJ Delagarza moment, by the way, is an MLS Cup moment. Um, and that's whenever he decided to take out Charlie Davies, um, whenever Charlie Davies is rushing towards the end line and a possibility on a breakaway and AJ Delgarza chased down Davies and um, was able to stuff him on the shot inside the penalty box. It's one of the greatest track back runs and stops of all time in Major League Soccer. Uh, absolutely one of my favorite things. So um, we're glad that AJ is there. Here's the cool part. If you want to have if if you want to have a uh, uh, want to send AJ off, they are doing a Friday night retirement party for AJ De La Garza. And to me, I think that's cool. And I'm not sure it was something that they had they had planned on. I'm not sure it was something that like it seems like they set this up and did a little bit of stuff for it. But it, it just it's fun. The the address is 1115 East Wardlow Road in Long Beach, California, 90807 on Friday, November 18th from 7 to 9 p.m. You can go there. You can hang out with AJ. They're having an AJ De La Garza retirement party. As of right now, I think I'm going to be there. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go drop by and say hi and, and say, I'm sure I'll see a bunch of galaxy fans there and, and hopefully say, uh, hello and, uh, and thank you to AJ. So it's a, it's a lot of fun sort of being in this moment for AJ and, and enjoying it. And uh, during the whole Twitter, people were freaking out about Aaron long. I said, you know, everybody just take a deep breath and relax and enjoy this moment because you don't often get just, there's nothing to hate about this. There is zero to hate. You can't be angry about it. You can't be upset. This is this is the pure joy moment that you get as a fan is to be able to see one of your legends. And, you know, AJ De La Garza maybe won't be considered an MLS legend, Christian. 
Um, but he is considered an LA Galaxy legend forever and ever. Oh, 100%. I mean, what, what he did, you know, unheralded coming out of college, I mean, the, the consummate team player and a versatile team player, did whatever he's asked, you know, played out of position. When was the last time you heard something negative out of the locker room about A.J. De La Garza? Never. Can't recall. No. Never. I mean, you know, and he, he was put in positions where, you know, he knew he was doing his strongest work. And he wasn't his best position, but he got along with it and did it. And those are the guys you need. He's, he's a glue guy, and he's he's of good character. I mean, and you want nothing but but the best for these guys. It, 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 and you go back to like here we are, everybody freaking out on Twitter and everything. It's it's the silly season. Everything's gonna hyperbole runs amok. It's just absolutely insanity. So, you know, you, you take that with a little bit of grain of salt, and you just kind of you take a step back and go look at the character of these people, look what they've con- contributed to the the organization. And, and, and let them have their day. And, and if right, anybody right. deserves their day, it's this guy, AJ De La Garza. Yeah, it is. Uh, by the way, uh, tallied three goals, seven assists, and 250 appearances with 238 starts and eight seasons played across all competitions with the LA Galaxy 2009 to 2016, where he won three MLS Cups in 11, 12, and 14. Uh, but he was so small. And, I mean, you know, he was. sat in the center of that defense and he, he played like a lot. He played bigger than he was. Yep. And for me, I mean, I don't know if I'm recalling it correctly, but he played bigger than he was. A guy could step into center of defense and, you know, you, you're looking at him. You're like, oh, he, he looks like a slow right back yeah. stuck in center back position. And then, he, and then he wins every ball. He steps forward. His timing is great player. And he's kind of had that kind of soccer IQ yep. that kind of compensated perhaps for a lack of, you know, imposing physical stature, but had a great soccer brain, good athlete. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's just. I, th- I feel like we need more of those kind of guys that in the league. Galaxy could use them right now. Galaxy could yeah. use somebody like AJ De La Garza right now, Smart just player. as a complimentary piece. And he was, he was the best yeah. complimentary player to a guy like Omar Gonzalez. And I've always argued Omar owes about half his salary to AJ De La Garza whenever it comes, uh, because AJ made a lot of Omar's mistakes go away. Um, and just with AJ smarts and his speed and his quickness, um, was certainly there. So, uh, big, big shout out to AJ Delagarza, always a part of this show. And as I said on Twitter, which will probably explode here in a little while and no longer be there, but I'll say it here as well. AJ, there's an open chair for you. Anytime you want to come on, anytime you need to call, anytime you want to talk about the LA galaxy or anything at all. You're, of course, welcomed here on Corner of the Galaxy. You're, we consider you a friend of the show. Um, so so always and forever uh, a part of this show and the LA Galaxy. We're, we're glad that he could retire uh, as a member of the LA Galaxy. That's kind of cool. Now, uh, the 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 other part. So AJ got a thank you post, right? Thank you, AJ De La Garza. And it comes up and the Galaxy tweet about it and the whole deal. There was another player who got a thank you post. And then that tweet disappeared. And of course, on November 14th, the LA Galaxy had contract decisions. We're going to talk about those contract decisions. One of the contract decisions was an out-of-contract player. That was Sasha Kleshin. The LA Galaxy said, thank you, Sasha. And I was sort of sitting there scratching my head a little bit going, just because he's out of contract doesn't necessarily mean that he can't come back. That's not how it is. But whenever they sent out the thank you post, I considered that maybe I was wrong uh, about it. Um, But then that post got deleted and yeah, it, there's still a chance that Sasha Kleshin could come back. I don't know that he's decided on retirement. It's sort of that it's there's a bunch of things that are sort of coming back. Sasha was pretty adamant earlier this season that he wanted to come back and play another season. 
Now, in my mind, that leaves him one of two options. Either he plays with the LA Galaxy or plays with LAFC because I don't think he wants to move outside of LA now. I think he's trying to set up roots for his family and, and put him there. So if there's an option for him to play at either of those clubs, I think that he would do it. Um, and and Sasha, I think, has earned the right to sort of be able to do whatever he wants to do for his last year. If, if Again, the guy played for league minimum, senior league minimum uh, for the LA Galaxy last year. Um, he got some money, I think from the coaching side of things as well. Cause he was doing some Academy coaching and, and being involved with that, uh, which is a whole other thing, but that's one of the things. So if you thought that Sasha question retired, that announcement has not been made. And I don't know that that decision has been made by Sasha, but he will uh, of course be the one who has sort of the last word on that. And if the LA galaxy could possibly fit him back into the lineup for one more year, or maybe they don't, then there's a lot of the sort of little decisions to be made. But as of right now, he is not not a Galaxy player. He's just out of contract right now. So we'll see uh, what that ends up being. And 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 hopefully that's it. I mean, Sasha Klushin, not a huge impact on the field this year. Uh, and, and I would say maybe wanting, certainly wanting for some steps. There were some steps there where you're sort of like, hey, it would be nicer if you had Sasha from about three or four or five years ago in those particular plays and in those particular moments. But he's he's an important piece to the locker room or has been uh, since he joined the L.A. Galaxy. So what do you think, Christian? Do you think Sasha comes back for another year? I'd like to see Sasha come back as a coach. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, he, I think his future lies on the touchline. I think we've, you, you've talked about it and he wants to be on the touchline. He's got the brain of a coach, in my opinion. I, 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 I've known Sasha you know, going back to his rookie year coming out of Seton Hall and when he was, you know, so highly touted and um, it's, it's, it's so odd to see him at this point of his career. Um, and it's great to watch him mature. Right. It, we were just talking about AJ and watching players mature. And although I don't have a real, you know, kind of personal relationship with Sasha, Sasha I've, I've felt like I've, I've known him watching him through his career and watching him develop and had his John overseas and came over here and the, talk about a brain for the game. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that has it. You can see it. I mean, he, he's basically like, you know, the assistant coach that is not an assistant coach sitting next to Vanny. Uh, and his future, in my estimation, knowing players and of his, you know, kind of cerebral acumen about the game, there's no doubt about it. He's going to be a great coach. So, yeah, um, I, I think it he will be back. It's up to him. And. A loyal servant like him deserves to make his choice. And if he wants to come back and play another season like that, then in whatever role it wants to be, then yes, then that will have to be looked at and decided and agreed on by the mutual parties. Even if that doesn't happen, I still think there's a role for Sasha Kleshton to play. We're going to hear from Sasha Kleshton for many years to come. Yeah. His brain is too good to waste in this game. And, um, you, you know, I, I, I love to see players go from players like him that are so smart and read the game to go into coaching roles. You know, we've seen it with Burhalter, you know, we've seen it with Jim Curtin. I think Sasha Kleshin is of that ilk and his greater days uh, in terms of coaching are well ahead of him. Yeah, it, it sort of feels that way. I, I think I'm with you as well. So we'll see. Uh, he's off at the World Cup, I believe, and whether he's actually there or doing some of his remote stuff or not, he's working for Fox and I think some of their digital team and doing some stuff there. So you will see Sasha Kleshin during the World Cup, which, as Christian said, basically starts this weekend, um, which will be uh, be interesting because it's already been, much like Twitter, uh, Qatar has has been very fire festy so far. Um, and we'll see if that continues or not. Good times. Good times. <laughs> 
Uh, let's get to a little bit uh, more of league news. Now, I know a lot of people were worried, Christian. The LA Galaxy obviously had players available for selection in the expansion draft that was putting St. Louis into the league. Um, that happened on Friday, November 11th. The reason that you probably missed it was that they only picked five players and none of those five players were on the LA Galaxy. And I think we sort of had talked about that, that it was unlikely that St. Louis would pick an LA Galaxy player. I know everybody was like, oh, they could pick Douglas Costa, couldn't they? And that's such a great deal. And like, no, that ain't happening. Uh, we yeah. talked about Nick DePew possibly being one of the guys who could be selected because as a center back, he is a capable domestic center back. Maybe he's not a starter for you, but he's a solid player um, on, a, on a fairly innocuous price tag overall. So we thought maybe that was going to happen. That did not happen. Uh, uh, again, five players were picked Orlando City, Inter Miami, New England, FC Cincinnati, and New York Red Bulls. Uh, it was uh, Giochini, Giochini from uh, Orlando City. Did I say that right? Or what? You, you yeah, had yeah. to do it. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, Vasilev from uh, Inter Miami. You had uh, Bell from New England. You had Nelson from FC Cincinnati. And you had uh, Jake LaCava from uh, New York Red Bulls. And then that, that Jake LaCava then got traded to Miami for $150,000 in uh, 2023 general allocation money which is not a lot whenever you think about it, but interesting. St. Louis also picked up center back Tim Parker in a trade with the Houston Dynamo for $500,000 in general allocation money over the next two seasons. Um, Houston will also retain a portion of Parker's salary hit for the next two seasons as well. That's interesting. Um, so the 500K is split 250-250. So they own $250,000 in jam this year, $250 in general allocation money for next year. And then also Houston is retaining a portion of the salary. I mean... There's a whole lot to sort of pay attention to in that. Uh, and then we talked about uh, Dra uh, Jake LaCava being traded to Miami for $150,000 in 2023 general allocation money. So that's St. Louis. St. Louis now in the league. I mean, once you start picking expansion players and participating in the roster building exercises of the offseason, the postseason and the preseason, you are officially part of the league. So MLS now with 29 teams, um, which is a lot of teams. Uh, they yep. also did their jersey unveil as well, and we'll look at this graphic a little bit later. But um, I guess a reddish pink of St. Louis, which isn't a surprise when you think of like sort of the St. Louis. Agenda. Yeah, I was going to say sort of St. Louis Cardinals adjacent, but not yeah. quite. It's like they're, you know, you couldn't have that real red. It's just, yeah, it's so close. Um, and so anyway, uh, the big deal here, and obviously the, one of the reasons that they announced the jerseys was to get the hype for it, but also the Apple TV patch that we're going to talk about here in a little bit as well. So every team will have the Apple TV patch. Um, so be, be prepared to see that on an LA galaxy uniform. I, I, I don't know if we'll have another patch gate or not. Um, but you know, we'll see if that, uh, ends up coming down. Uh, and then we'll get to talk about it ad nauseum on this podcast. I'm sure I'm the patch guy now. Excellent. Yeah. The shade of the Apple TV logos. Did it change for each individual? It does. It changes for each for individual sure. team. So the galaxy on their bl Navy blues, remember they have a new away kit. So I imagine it's going to be a Navy blue base. We'll might have a white logo, but on their white, it might be Navy blue, right? Ooh, fancy. So fancy. So, so much to talk about. There's yeah. all, you can dive into the details and in, in, in MLS and you'll get lost. You'll never find your way back out. By the way, let's get to some There's of these coming. It, there was a segue and I wanted to get to Twitter, but I also forgot that I forgot some of this, some of this other stuff that we have. Um, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan gave us a $5 super chat and says, happy AJ day. The curse is broken. Much like the Bambino and the goat. 
Um, now we have AJ De La Garza returning home, hopefully to break the curse uh, for for this LA Galaxy team. I agree with that. We'll see if the if the soccer gods are appeased or not. The LA Galaxy on, I think, an upward momentum shot anyway. So maybe bringing AJ back, Christian, was just enough to break the curse now, um, and they should be good. Uh, well, what they gave us a five dollar super chat, and we were talking about thank you uh, tweets, and you so you know the the classic is it says thank you once a G always a G right so thank you Christian Miles once a G always a G thank you Josh Guessman once a G always a G um, when I die uh, I better not get one of those if it just if if that happens and you're all witnesses do not let them give me a thank you tweet that is unacceptable I will not allow you on your podcast epitaph yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm gonna have to record like a if I die podcast and that gets that gets like released and it's like, you know, and gives away all my worldly possessions. Um, what they gave us a five dollar super chat says everyone getting ready for the sweet, sweet. Thank you, Kevin post from the galaxy, obviously talking about Kevin Cabral, right They're They're, they're hoping that eventually it's like, hey, once a G, always a G. Although with that one, they'll be like, thank you, Kevin. And then it'll just be silence. Um, so yeah, that one, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe that happens this year. Maybe you're going to get an announcement more like, uh, LA galaxy have loaned, uh, winger Kevin Cabral to league two side, blah, blah, blah. For, mm-hmm. And the LA galaxy will be paying most of his salary. I don't, I don't know how that, you know, how that works, but I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that, uh, this year. Let's get to Twitter. And I know we were joking about Twitter before, but one of the big things that sort of was talked about and, was looked at was Twitter after they announced this $8 charge. Um, I've been sort of conflicted about whether or not $8, whether I should pay $8 a month to be to get a check mark or not. I kind of feel like I haven't had one and I don't need one. And I have 10,000, I have almost 10,000 dollars. So do I, I probably don't need one, yeah. you know, but I don't know. It's, it's just so weird right now. But anyway, one of the reports that came out was that Twitter was targeting football clubs, like one club in each league to sort of be like, hey, there's this new Twitter thing. Just pay $8. And so it's sort of like this advertisement. And apparently the money was so much that it was, quote unquote, according to this tweet, mouthwatering, right? So it was like, I, I, I looked at it and said, there is no team in Major League Soccer that would be able to turn down Twitter money. And if no team is going to be able to turn down mouthwatering Twitter money, right? Then if you're an LA Galaxy fan, you hope it's your team because that's that should be a lot of money in order to do that stuff. Now, I did reach out to the LA Galaxy and I did ask about this. And you have to understand the LA Galaxy are owned by a giant corporation called the AEG and AEG has its own marketing and advertising and all sorts of things. And so a lot of times some of these sponsorships come down the rabbit hole and the team doesn't even know they're coming because they're man, they're they're put together and they're curated by the AEG, you know, overall advertising uh like, you know, giant I'm sure their advertising side on the AEG is like 300 people. It's like got to be massive because they have uh, places all over. So it's very likely that the LA Galaxy were contacted, but through AEG and the global partnerships that they have um, that way. And so we may not know ever, or we may not know until it's right, ready to sign whether or not the LA Galaxy were ever even talked about. But if there's a lot of money out there, Christian, again, I, like I say, if it's going to go to one club, uh, and Twitter is maybe, you know, on its death knell trying to pass out cash to make some cash. You gotta, you gotta spend money to make money. I've, I've heard that a lot. Maybe mm. that maybe you're okay with the LA galaxy being shills for this $8 service that gets you a blue check mark and allows you to cost Lockheed Martin $1 billion in an afternoon. Yeah. I, 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 I'm ambivalent about this one. I don't know enough about it to be honest with you. I mean, I explained it a little bit, but the, I don't know. I mean, the whole, you're talking about Twitter blue. 
I think that's what he's talking about yes. as well. Elon, it's yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, Josh. It's it's too much, isn't it? It feels like it's too much. It's, it's a lot to me, and, and it's also uncharted waters that, to be honest with you, I'm not the most well versed in. Right. And, but also, too, it's just it's also just. Yeah, it, f- it feels dirty. You mean like Herbalife? Oh, yeah. I said that, not you. Just just in case anybody was paying attention, <laughs> that was Josh who who just threw Herbalife under the a multi level <laughs> marketing uh, per- uh you know uh, umbrella there and how it takes advantage of people. But you know, I I digress. We're talking about Twitter here. Um, yeah, it seems weird, doesn't it? It is weird. It's just it's it's like a whole it's like a whole other like Twitterverse. Use the but yeah, it's just strange. It's it's not something that I. I, I you, you want to be proactive in terms of like you know, promoting right now at right. this point because there's so much drama going on over there. Um, and, and then the whole Twitter blue thing, I'm not, not sure like why do I need this? No, you shouldn't. And you that's, know, that's like you were just saying like, you know, 10,000 followers. What do you have as, a, as an advantage to being a Twitter blue subscriber? I, tr- right? I tried. I tried my darndest to go ahead and get like officially like, you know, it was uh, verified, right? You would, I tried, I tried to get verified multiple times. They never wanted to. And I thought I had earned it at some point, like where it was like, we're a pretty good source of news and information for the galaxy. We should probably have a verification at this point. Because, Absolutely. But so you had like a like hundred thousand followers for that or something. No, like you that. don't have to have that. It was more just like as, as news reporters, you could be a news person or a sports wow. person and they could do that. But I, I it never credited. happened. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. So anyway, so if the LA Galaxy gets some money from that, you heard it here that we talked about it and Twitter was possibly offering out and handing out boatloads of cash. And so then maybe you'll have a little more insight than some of your friends who are like, this is stupid. Why are the Galaxy doing it? Well, even though they're on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, okay. <laughs> each their own. Uh, let's get to the LA Galaxy contract decisions, though. This was happened on Monday. Uh, this was expected to come. We knew we were going to get the option picked up and the option declines and the out of contracts. So let's go over who the LA Galaxy picked up to start. So the option exercise, uh, Chicharito was one of the option exercises. We knew about that. He had a perform- per- performance-based option that was picked up. He did the performance. He picked it up. We don't know about everybody else's. All we know is that their options were picked up. Sega Koulibaly, option picked up. Uh, Martin Caceres, uh, had his option picked up. We have Johnny Perez, his option picked up. Adam Saldana, his option. Daniel Aguirre, his option. And Preston Judd, his option picked up. It's really interesting. Daniel Aguirre has three club options. Um, I think this was his second one because I think he had a 2021 contract that ended. And so now we're into two of three club options for him. Um, and that eventually ends in 2024. Preston Judd had two club, op- club options. The first one was picked up this particular time. Uh, so Preston Judd gets his option picked up as well. None of those surprising. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I it, they had already tipped off that they were going to look at, at, at Caceres as, as part of one of the guys who they were going to exercise an option, Sega as well. One of the guys you don't see on here who was on an option year, though, was... Mr. Jonathan Bond. And he is not on this. As a matter of fact, he is shown on the roster. And I had hinted that he was coming back. Uh, and now I can tell you, Jonathan Bond signed a new contract with the LA Galaxy. I believe it was in July. It could have been in the middle of the year at some point. Had signed a new contract. We don't know the details of the contract. We don't know how many years he has. Eventually, it will be publicly announced. Jonathan Bond said it on his Facebook and Instagram accounts that it, it had been picked up. We actually reported it whenever John, whenever the roster was put out. 
um, that Jonathan Bond had signed a new contract. And that's why he wasn't on an option because I hate it whenever they don't do that. And then we're just supposed to like, oh, well, Jonathan Bond was on an option, but he's showing that he has a contract. So how did that happen? Well, he got a new contract. So Jonathan Bond picked up new contract. We don't have the de details on it. We'll know more probably here in the next uh, before the before preseason starts. I'm sure they will officially announce his his contract renewal and everything, but really should have happened in July. But hey, what do I know? That was right in the middle of when the Galaxy were really sucking. So maybe they yeah. didn't want to announce it then because they were worried about that. But is what it is. Um, but Jonathan Bond is not on that list, but you will see him on the official roster. Um, one of the guys who's out of contract we talked about already is Sasha Kleshin. So that's one of the guys you can't uh, put on the roster and is no longer on the roster as of right now. Uh, and then you have the options declined. Options declined was Jorge Villafaña, Victor Vasquez, Jonathan Klinsman, Richard Sanchez, and Eric Zavaleta. Now, everybody on that list, Vasquez, Klinsman, Sanchez, and Zavaleta, Christian, are all still in talks with the LA Galaxy. Yeah, they can renegotiate their deals. They can. And, and most of the time, if there's four... And knowing sort of, I think, where the Galaxy are on this, I would expect that three of those probably come back. I don't know which three, but usually it's it's like one or two don't make it back from the from the the, the remaining talks status, and that goes away. And so it could be, and Victor Vasquez is a big question mark about whether or not he comes back. Certainly he's not coming back at the price tag that he has been under. And so if he comes back, he would have to be a lot cheaper. Again, we talked about Sasha. We talked about Victor probably in the same sort of strand there. Christian as a coach who's on the field and whether or not he can still provide something to this LA Galaxy team for for next year. Interesting. I yeah, in my honest opinion, I think it's time for Victor to go. Yeah. It, I mean I don't I don't disagree. Thank you very much. Great leg, great great mind for the game, but the body doesn't match the mind right now. I and mean, I think we really saw that. Um kind of a, a lesser extent of Sasha. Um and, and a player that was, you know, it, it, it was a 2019 Victor. By all means, resign him. But I think Victor has kind of reached that stage where of his career where he can't quite deliver what he is capable of. So I, I would personally like to see him go, right? Because you know we we can talk about money and everything, the machinations. But the point is, he's taking up a spot, and if you have a spot where another player can contribute, then that's a detriment to your team. And you need to think about the whole team in this you know kind of bigger outlook of things. So he he came in and did. He did good work, and I think that you you could see that there was a big drop off on him. And that, no disrespect to to Victor, fantastic player, right? Like Sasha, but there's a time where you've got to abandon 36, 37 year old people and yeah. let, let young blood come through. And I think that's kind of a problem that this league's had, where we've had problems trusting young players and bringing them through. Why do we have this USL setup? Why do we have a low dose setup? Why do we? not give chances for players like Liam Doyle and, and Cameron Dunbar or, 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 or a, a Jalen Neal. Right. It's time right. to do that. Yep. If we're going to be a real league, it's time to take that leap. And, and part of that is kind of letting go of these older players like that and, and thank them for their service because what they did was fantastic. But it's time. This is football. You've got to think about the greater good. Yeah. I, I think with Sasha and with Victor, to me, it comes down to price, which is I have zero issues with what Sasha did last year. Because he made you know eighty seven thousand dollars, I'm I'm not going to be upset about anything that that sort of comes about that whenever that whenever you know that those are the numbers that you're you're working with, right? Um, yeah, he made eighty four thousand dollars. I was I just want to double check and just sort of see. It, it's sort of the same with Victor Vasquez. You know, it, it, yeah, I don't think you can sit there and say, okay, Victor Vasquez at 
Um, you know, $440,000 is a value anymore. He takes up an international slot as well. So that's something. The LA Galaxy currently have nine of eight slots. So they have one more player than they have available slots because you start every season with eight. So if they're going to get, uh, if they're going to move somebody, then possibly you move Victor Vasquez. You're then roster compliant, at least going in, knowing that you're probably going to bring in other people, knowing that you're probably going to have to go out and buy some more international slots and some things that are sort of out there. But yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it's always about price. That being said, there's also a roster spot that is being yeah. taken off. But I also say that if you look at Jalen Neal, if you look at Preston Judd, if you look at, um, you know, any of the guys, Johnny Perez or Daniel Aguirre or said they're all on the roster. They're all on the 30 man roster. There's nothing stopping those guys from playing. So it's not like you're taking roster spots away from those guys. There's still mm -hmm. plenty of roster spots in Major League Soccer that you can have guys who don't play and who are still on the roster. And so I never really worry about one spot or two spots here. But when you okay. add Sasha together and you add Victor together, they take up two spots, one international slot and some cash. And you can do stuff with that, with other, you know, things that way. So always something to consider. Uh, as it stands right now, Christian, I will say that the uh, the LA Galaxy have declined about $1.3 million in, in salary. They have about $84,000 in that out of contract, and they've traded so far for about $958,000 um, in cap relief and everything else that we've sort of seen. So in terms of funds released, uh, the Galaxy have released $2.33 million right now um, from just the option declines, the trades and everything else. So there's $2.3 million and they've moved, you know, a bunch of players in that. So there's not a lot of high value players in these. Derek Williams was a high value. Yeah. Derek. Yeah. So Derek was one that obviously cost, and they also got $75,000 in general allocation money this mm -hmm. year for Cameron Dunbar. So you can sort of start adding that stuff up together. It does allow the LA galaxy to spend a little bit, but I also expect that most of these players that you've seen, Christian are coming back too. Uh, maybe not Victor and maybe not Sasha, yeah. but I'm not convinced that there aren't players on here. Terms. Yeah. 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 So if we look at the whole roster and then we'll sort of sort of we can touch on this for a little bit here, Christian Galaxy have 24 of 30 spots already spoken for as it stands mm -hmm. right now. Now, it doesn't mean you can't trade players. And I think Kevin Cabral is a perfect example of that. We're going to talk about possibly something like that happening here in just a couple minutes. Uh, but 24 of 30 spots, 9 of 8 internationals. Uh, the LA Galaxy's average age, 25.29 currently as it sits. As of me snapping that snapshot, I think yesterday. So it gets older every day. So I don't know if it went up by a tenth or it, it tends to creep. And so you don't pay attention. But 25.29, uh, the mean 24.6 for the LA Galaxy. So still relatively young in that sort of early primish age. If, if the entire team was a player at 25 years old, you're sort of like, you know, this is a team that's approaching its prime, right? Um, mm. And so we'll see if that carries off. There's a lot of older guys and there's a lot of younger guys, and that sort of gets you into that 25. Um, but it's still, it's sort of fun to, to track and pay attention to. Um, yeah. What do you think about the LA Galaxy roster as it stands right now? There's some holes, certainly, but 24 or 30, there's only six spots really that they could possibly bring in. I, I, I'm a, you know, I, I'm such a proponent of youth and, and bringing players through your system. And I, I see a lot of Los Dos, and I personally feel that there's a lot of talent that I think deserves a shot, that deserves shots last year. We're talking about Cameron Dunbar. We're talking about uh, Preston Judd, based upon some of the performances of the LA Galaxy senior team players, that 
deserve shots in there. Now, in terms of roster spots and machinations, I'll leave that up to you. You are much more proficient at that than I am. I'm, I'm, but in terms of chances actually on the field, I, I don't feel that we saw enough of that. I don't think we've seen it. And that's not, you know, an indictment of, of the current coaching regime. But it, I think it's just kind of symptomatic of the way things have been for a long time. And we have players coming through these systems. Of, I know we just bid adieu to Cameron Dunbar and sent him off to D.C. United, a player that, by the way, just tore it up this year, tore it up, along with Preston Judd. I thought Liam Doyle was brilliant. I thought Jalen Neal, up until his injury, till the last two months of the year, was you know, performing not the level that he was at 2021, but the early pay, pay, uh, parts of 22 is fantastic. I think these players need to be brought through more. I need to bleed these players more in. And I think that's going to be something that's going to be focused upon in Major League Soccer as we go further. Um, and I'd like to see more of those roster spots given to these guys because if, if we're sitting here as an organization saying, hey, we're going to have an LA Galaxy 2 and it's going to be in USL or MLS Next Pro, the whole point is to bring them to the senior team. And if they're not given chances, what, what, what are you doing here? Yeah. So I, I want to see these players brought through, but I don't think we're seeing enough of that. And then no criticism on, on, on current coaching regimes or, you know, or, or past ones structures, but youth needs to be given a chance here. And, and we, 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 you see it throughout the world over. I mean, and, you know, Bikai Osako coming through at, at Arsenal coming at the age of 19 years old, we need more of that here. And we need to trust our youth a little bit more. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be the finished article by any means, but, it's raw and finished talent. Let them develop and 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 give and, and have faith in our youth systems. And I'd like to see just a little bit more of that in those spots that you're talking about. Where no, not necessarily in you know first eleven positions, but positions that could come and play a role, perhaps in U.S. Open Cup or in other fixtures and in, in friendlies and such, or even as substitute roles. And and there's a role for these guys to play. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Jalen Neal is probably one of the biggest yeah. C's that I want to see ne- this year. And and I think that there's going to be a chance for that with, with center backs and sort of how they seem to be lining up for different things. I Listen, I, I believe they're going to bring in another center back. So I don't think Jalen Neal is going to just back up Caceres and going to back up Sega Koulibaly and they're going to call that good. And maybe, you know, Nick Depew there. So to me, that's not not deep enough. I would think there's another starter that's going to have to play back and forth with, with Caceres whenever you look at it, right? So... um. I, but I think Jalen Neal plays a part in that. I think he can still play in some of these games. I think he can be a backup, and I think it's time for him sort of to live on that first team and breathe what that first team mm-hmm. does. And if he makes it, he makes it. And if he doesn't, then he doesn't. But we always talk about cream rising to the top. This is a chance to see these guys. There's such a huge difference. And this goes for Preston Judd or anybody else who played in, in the G2, with G2. There's such a huge difference between USL Championship and Major League Soccer. And we see it so often. There are guys who can't make that jump. Um, yeah. but having seen Preston Judd play, you know, in the, in the game at SoFi, you know, having seen some of the younger players, Johnny Perez, I think play, scored a goal in that game as well. Um, having seen those guys play that they didn't look out of place. And I think that's always what you're trying to see how it's a big moment. How do they handle the big moment? And you look to see if they're out of place. Um, uh, by the way, Chris V, uh, says, uh, a $2 super chat for Jonathan Perez. Cause John, I mean, Johnny Perez is one of those guys that you want to see as well. Daniel Aguirre is a really exciting player that could be, you know, a really good backup to, to Gaston Brugman, right? Could be the answer yeah. to sort of Brugman gets into the 60th and 70th and can't go anymore. Then Daniel Aguirre comes on and shuts things down. I mean, that's a great option to have. So I think there's stuff there. I think it's up to Greg Vanny to find where these guys can work in. And I, 
you you say it's no indictment of the current. I will say a little bit. I I thought that Vanny shied away from playing younger players in important Sorry. spots, and and I think that he needs to be more comfortable with them. And if it takes this off season to be more comfortable with them, then do it because I think that these some of these young kids can actually provide. I don't think they're all going to. I think some of them are going to flop because that's usually what happens. Um, mm. But there's a chance that there is at least one. Sp- permanent starter that happens in the next two or three years out of those, you know, three or four guys that you're sort of interested in. Based on the trials and tribulations of, of senior players that have failed, I think these kids deserve a chance to fail or succeed to ply their own trade. And, and I just see them be given that chance and, you know, see what they've got. Because right. right now, when you talk about world football, world soccer, when you're about 19, 18 to 22, if you're not going to break into the first team by the time you're 22 years old, it's probably not going to happen for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So now is the time to bleed these guys in bleed and, you know, let them stumble, let them fall, let them make their mistakes. I know it's and it. Trust me, there's, there's people way smarter than me that to make these decisions. And, and it's, it's hard to take, you know, when you're trying to take into account results and everything, but it would just be interesting to see how they would fare and trust in your system and see where it comes in because now you're looking inward on your, and your problems and you can solve them by bringing these young players up and there's so much talent here i see it i see it all the time i mean aaron long yep is one of those kids out of uc riverside same place as, as, as danny aguirre i mean you know and there's so much of that tier that aaron long is a guy who went flew under the radar and, and look at him now he's all the way up into the world cup team so yeah, yeah it, these guys deserve chances they're going to fail they're going to succeed yeah let them skin their knees and let them get a chance out so just a little bit more of that, I think it's 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 asking a lot of a coach, and, and I understand why there's reticence perhaps to do that. And but at the same time, you know, you and I as fans, and it, we want to see these young kids come through, and we want to see that next generation of talent uh, fulfill their potential. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, shift gears a little bit into something that uh, I had forgotten about, but then whenever it was announced, I was like, oh, absolutely, I remember this Coachella Valley Invitational, CVI for short. Don't call it Golchella, trust me, you'll get in trouble. Um, yeah, just a, just a little. I just how I spent an hour of my day to day deleting stuff apparently that was trademarked for no reason whatsoever between two companies that know each other. That's a lot of like subtweeting going on, a little sub talking, and that's fine. I'm going to, I'm going to just let that be where it is. Um, but anyway, Coachella, yeah, Coachella Valley Invitational, uh, coming to, uh, the Empire Polo Club coming out January 29th to February 18th. Uh, tickets on sale for soon. Uh, tickets, tickets on sale. That means fans get to go. Remember fans didn't get to go last year. I went, I had a great time. I quite honestly, I'm kind of disappointed you guys are going to be there and sort of crowd out my nice ability to walk up and down the sideline, Christian, and have just uh, under the nice sun and the winter out and out in the Palm like Springs area. Guessman, you know, like golfers, 1980s, like umbrella beatbox on his shoulder with, you know, like zinc on his nose. That was basically it. That was that cable down there yelling at people walking in front of him. Well, well, if you remember last year, we went a little pirate radio on everybody because you did, you did play by play. Didn't I you? did play by play. Well, I did poor play by play. I did. I'm trying not to get noticed too much, so I'm not going to be crazy. Sling. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, the galaxy were listening to that entire play by play. So it wasn't <laughs> like I was that far under the radar and they, they still allowed me to live for a little bit. I don't know if the games are going to be streamed. I would suggest they probably might not be, although they are trying to make this much bigger. There are 12 teams now. I think there were six teams last year. There are yeah. 12 teams this year. We had talked very openly about how cool this could be because spring we, training. Yeah, it's spring training. But not only that, it's on the home of Coachella. 
right? Where where and and stagecoach where they have these giant music fests. The owners of the property there, Golden Voice, are very big into music promotions and stuff like that. So at one point, and I had talked to the, some people at the Galaxy and around the Galaxy about how big this could be. It could be that you go to games in the in the afternoon you chill under that winter sun you get a nice suntan you have some frosty beverages and then later that night there's a concert and you go to a concert like it's it could be a destination to be there and if you look at the teams um you know the galaxy there toronto's there new york city charlotte lafc dc united minnesota united timbers red bulls white caps uh st louis is going to be there and the earthquakes are going to be there this is not going to be a bad deal. And you can have multiple games going on. Um, I think I said this whenever we last talked about it. I've been to Wimbledon uh, two times, three times, maybe three times. Um, only because I tend to, tended to go to London while Wimbledon was on. It wasn't like I went there for Wimbledon. But if you go in the early enough rounds, Christian, you pay yeah. like 30 or $40, right? Whatever that is in pounds. You pay 30 or $40, you get in, and you can walk around the grounds, and you can go to any of the outer courts. So you can be like, I'm going to go watch this match for a little bit. Well, that's interesting. Oh, what's going on over here? And you go and watch. That's what this could be eventually. There could be six games going on at once, and you could walk around to the each one and be like, what's going on over here? Oh, let's go watch, see how the Red Bulls are playing. Oh, let's go see how the Galaxy are playing. Let's do this. It could be a destination, and then you throw in food and beverages and possibly music, entertainment, that type of thing. It gets to be a big deal. Now, none of that has been announced in terms of entertainment or anything like that, and I think this is a slow burn in terms of how they grow into it and all these other things, but bottom line is there's going to be 12 teams. They're under the Southern California sun out there on the backside of uh, Palm Springs and the Indio area, um, and they get to go to this gorgeous facility, and I had a blast when I went, so I imagine that anybody who goes is going to have a blast as well. Let me give you the dates. Uh, January 29th to February 18th is the tournament, uh, but the LA Galaxy themselves will be there in, in, starting in February, and um, I'm trying to remember uh, uh, exactly what that those dates are. I have the uh, press release here, but it should be, I mean, for me, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, February 6th to 15th for the LA Galaxy actually headed out there. Um, a COG party bus. Yeah. I mean, right. Why couldn't we do a COG live show from out there? Like in, in the hopping area and you know, hammer hammer driving. Yeah. We make him drive out from Texas. Um, and then he could drive the bus once he gets there. And right. That makes sense. Um, I could be in the back with the frosty beverages and you could go and this could be a real party. So anyway, I'm excited about this. Even if you can't call it that one name, everybody calls it. Yes. Um, so the Coachella Valley invitational, which still sounds like something for I'm out of karate kid, um, is, is there and ready to go for everybody. So that's coming up. That should be exciting for you. And that kicks off, uh, you know, a lot sooner. So the LA galaxy, February 6th, uh, is whenever that'll go. So that'll be sort of the, the quote unquote real start of the preseason and matches and everything and and so we'll get to see results and have fun with that so excited for that podcasting you need to promo josh i I need they need to they need promotions they need they need to pay for the promo that's how it works i've been nice you know now all i have to do is be like okay so we think that your ten thousand, your nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine twitter followers would really like to hear about this (sighs) oh the good old days um so you will get to go that's the fun part now Let's talk about Christian again. This this I told you this show was packed full of news and everything. Yeah. We haven't even hit the main thing I want to talk about. And this thing is not the main thing either. But season pass Apple TV has been announced. All right. Now, I am one who is very excited about this because I like the ability to have all games in one place. And I never have to worry about blackouts. and I never have to worry about any of that stuff. 
Again, so Apple TV taking over, paying $2.5 billion for the rights to go ahead and broadcast all of these games. Um, it's really interesting, but the pricing came out. I know people are clutching their chests, you know, falling over, saying, oh, it's too expensive. I'm like, I to me, I don't think it is, but some people are. Yep. Um, so starting February 1st, Christian, fans can subscribe to MLS Season Pass on the Apple TV, uh, you know, app and everything else that's going on. So MLS Season Pass coming up on Apple TV very mm-hmm. shortly. $15 a month, $14.99 per month during the season or $99 per season. Okay, so 100 bucks for the whole season. Mm-hmm. Or if you're already an Apple TV Plus subscriber, you can sign up for $13 a month or $79 per season, right? So $12.99, $79 per season. That is your ability to watch every single game. And I think there's about 600 games that are going to be shown across this MLS app, right? That's part of right. it. Every single one, Christian. It doesn't matter. Name me an app. Name me a game, and I'll tell you it's on the app. So, like, if you want the MLS All-Star game, it's on the app. You want the the final, it should be on the app and also on Terrestrial. There's a whole bunch of things that are sort of going on with this. But this was the pricing, and now you're sort of getting to know it. There's interesting little tidbits here, though. You and I have talked about Vistalink, which is the company in Florida who does a lot of the USL games and everything else that is sort of gathered. You, you, you know all about it. Um, Vistalink is going to be the company that is in charge of basically getting all of these games out for right now. MLS is going to build their own dedicated broadcast facility, and I believe that's going to be built in New Jersey. Um, But it is not built as of right now. But all 600 games will be broadcast using basically on-site trucks so on-site production which is something that we didn't know about this is i've so i have some inside information we'll see how 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 accurate this ends up being because i've been told that everything changes day to day with this stuff but as of right now all 600 games will be broadcast using broadcast trucks with on-site production that means that most of the games should have on-site talent as well, which is yeah. something maybe we didn't know or we, th- we were thinking about. And Christian, I know whenever you and I always talk about it, you're like, you have to have on-site talent for, for a lot of these games because you know when you're not on-site, right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's game-changer. So, um, like I said, talent likely to be on-site. That could still change because I imagine that they're, they're doing stuff. Um, through the Athletic article, they said that they had already interviewed 200 people um, in multiple different languages for these these teams CAA is in charge of casting those particular ones. Um, I don't think, and so far it seems like there is going to be no sideline people. So you're not going to have the sideline. There may not be any even on camera talent for those games, because as you're calling the game, you're not necessarily on camera Christian. Although when we talk about pre games and everything else, um, perhaps sometimes you are on, uh, on camera, but there might not even be uh, some of that. We know about the studio shows. We know about the whip around shows that are possibly going to happen, much like DirecTV's Red Zone, right? The NFL Red Zone, where you can watch multiple games. Um, the Of a typical week, six out of the 14 games will be in front of the paywall. That means that basically it's 210 out of the 493 regular season matches will be available for, wait for it, free. Free. 40% of Major League Soccer's games will be played out in front of a paywall. So mm. everybody was saying that this was going to be this walled kingdom where nobody, where the casuals would never. It sounds to me like there's more than enough games for casuals to ingest, become fans of, 
And whether that's out in front of the paywall on Apple TV or there's also terrestrial deals that are being done, ESPN, ABC, um, I'm trying to think, I think Univision possibly in there as well. Those are the ones that are sort of being targeted. Fox being targeted doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're going to happen, but those are simulcasts now and not exclusives. So if Fox has a game, Christian, you can still watch it on your Apple TV because you'll have that ability. Right. It's great. It's, it's great. It's great for you and I as fans. It's fantastic. Centralized location. Um, in terms of subscription rates, extremely comparable. I was going through this on Twitter today where you're smart if you go out and buy the season package deal, especially if you're already an Apple TV uh, Plus subscriber, because I think it works out to about eight or ten, about sorry, about eight to nine dollars a month on the average if you're already subscribed to Apple TV Plus, and that gives you everything you can want. So, in terms of fans, I mean, and let's forget about it. let's put this into you know context. You're paying whatever amount of dollars you're paying to get Spectrum or Directv. And to get those platforms to bring that to you, that money you don't need anymore. You can use towards this. And I'm not here to pump up Apple TV or MLS. Right. But I'm just straight straight up facts. You know, you don't have to pay for that anymore. And you're controlling the content that you're getting you're getting. So I don't I don't find that exorbitant whatsoever. I, I find it quite fair, especially when you talk about the games in front of the paywall here. So there's plenty to be gained by that. And, uh, even if you're kind of a casual fan. So um, in terms of a broadcaster, I am one of those guys that's trying to, to buck his trade and trying to make his name in, in, in there. And, and I'm amidst to those people that are talking uh, in the interview process and hopefully trying to be a part of that, as is Joe, as is Kobe, and I'm, and everybody else that's actually in the same position that us local guys are. So for personally for me, it's it's it's, it's hard right now because we're, we're local guys and we've done this our entire lives. And it's gone. Yeah. What do we do now? Now we're thrown into a pot where we're all trying to go get our jobs. So, um, it, but I, I believe that the, the betterment of the sport is the betterment of all of us ultimately in the end. So if this is better for the sport and that's kind of the, the litmus test here, then I think that's going to lift all boats in terms of all of us, people working in media and all of us as fans. Um, I, it's groundbreaking. I'm kind of on the fence about this because I know, it, I know a lot of people that are out of work. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, you know, and then there are a lot of people that are upset about it. Yep. And I'm, I'm going to be frank. I mean, it's, it sucks. Yep. And how would you like it if you said, you know, are your job's going to go to a place in New Jersey and you know, someone else is going to be calling your galaxy games that you've been doing for 20 years. So, yep. um, so there is that element to it, but at the same point that, you know, this is an evolving business and especially in media, it's, changing you know an exponential pace so um i think it's more than fair i think apple is the next step i think it's right to do this um the vista link thing is going to be very interesting to see how they make it work and how there, there's going to be a lot of glitches in the road i'm going to tell oh, you yeah. right oh yeah you, do, you, do you have do you have some hope though that because it's apple and and listen how do i say this mls is producing this stuff right this is an mls production Whenever right. this eventually comes out, right? So it'll it's being fed to one of the largest content, distri- or excuse me, the largest content distributor in the world, which is Apple. So right. Apple doesn't isn't necessarily producing this. So if you have a high opinion of Apple, or if you, even if you have a low opinion of Apple, um, mm-hmm. if you look at that and you say, okay, um, you know, they at least usually do things 
really well in terms of when they roll things out. So I'm less concerned about it being a really crappy product, but we're going to get to see that because it's happening. <laughs> I mean, it's going to go. And as you said, bumps in the road. I just, I just mentioned that they're changing their idea. They're changing their mind every two or three minutes, right? About how this is done and what they're going to do. And, you know, yes, best laid plans are this way and that way and everything else. So we don't know what that final form looks like. And we're probably not going to know until that first ball is kicked. And well, gee, the first ball that's kicked will be the LA Galaxy versus LAFC it, at the Rose Bowl. It's the big primetime Apple game. I would I would say that, you know, you'd hope that they have figured it out by then because that's going to be a massive game. One of the largest in the world, probably at that time. And you better get it right because the only place you're going to be able to find it, Apple TV. So there's there's a lot on this um what they've undertaken is a massive task that it's it's hard to convey in terms of the, uh, just the basic layman's terms but you know, we're talking about something that was you know announced in june and it has to be up and running by mid-february it has to be up and running basically by the end of january yep that doesn't give you much from times of you know announcement to you know inception so right. and, and what they're talking about and, and the reason why they're doing a lot of these on site games because they don't have the infrastructure to do remotes what they call remy broadcasts so um because the technology cannot be implemented on that short of notice right it's just physically impossible if you talk to any technical person it's just not hot but, but it's great for us because i i really think that having an announcer and, and joe will tell you this any announcer with their salt you know peter drury will tell you this you need to be on site as an announcer to feel the energy, to see things that you don't see on a tube. Uh, trust me, I've I've, I've I've came through this system where I I call games from Germany in the, the early 2000s, and you have no idea what's going on right. now, Germany when you're in Los Angeles at 3:30 in the morning. Right, it's it's physically impossible. Right, it, you can do the best that you can, you can paint the best picture you can, and I I don't care if you're Howard Cosell, if you're Peter Drury, or if you're John Strong, or anybody. It's 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 just it's physically impossible. There's nothing they can substitute for being on these grounds. I love that they're on the grounds. I think it's fantastic. This first season, perhaps it will something that they will see and say, "Hey, this is great. Let's get this energy. Let's get the advantage to having these uh, announcing teams and production staffs on the ground and carry that forward into the future." I don't know if that's the future model as of right now. Yep. So. I would like to see that be the model, being a purist that I am, but um, I, I'm a big proponent of what Apple's going to do. I think we need centralized broadcasting in this league because I'm so tired of. I, I'm a broadcaster, Joe. I mean, I'm a broadcaster, Josh, and I, you know, and Joe and I have this problem. We're like, we can't find the games, you yep. know, because we're trying to watch the games of the, of the team we're trying to watch next week, and we can't find it. Yep. You know, and we're having to, you know, contact PR public relations of the Colorado Rapids try to get a copy of their game. Yep. It's just, it's nuts. It shouldn't be that way. No, so no, it should be easy I to think find. This is a next step in that direction. So yep. sorry to pontificate over no, pontificate, no. but I've got a lot of feelings about this and it hits kind of close to home. I, I think your, your, just your ability to be within that and explain it to people. It, it Listen, I, I would hope that you wouldn't find that on any other podcast where where really you're hearing all the stuff that's going on. This is why 
it's going to be difficult. These are these are the hurdles. These are the hurdles to finding people. These are the hurdles to broadcasting the game. These are the hurdles to putting something together that eventually becomes Christian. You know, you just said, oh, I'd love to be able to watch, you know, the Colorado Rapids game, their last two games, because I want to see what they did at home and I want to see what they did it away and how they played and if there's any differences. So that way, then I'm whenever they come in and play the LA Galaxy, I can watch that. I try to do that. It's difficult. But if yeah. you if you're able to go onto an Apple TV app and I'm able to just click Colorado Rapids and then scroll back and click the play button because they have the rights to every game. So they, it's not like it's going to be blacked out or something so they can create the DVR. Imagine the history that you're able to archive in terabytes and terabytes of information eventually, but the history you're able to archive. Eventually, you should be able to go down, you know, 10 years from now and scroll back and go, okay, go, let's go to that 2022, 2023 season where the LA Galaxy beat LAFC at the Rose Bowl on the opening. We can watch that whole game again right now just by scrolling back and clicking on it. Yeah. And you won't have to worry about like trying to find it on YouTube or somewhere else. So anyway, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm excited to see. I like it for its simplicity in terms of from yeah. from the watcher, right? Which is I go here and the game is there and that's it. Uh, and I never have to worry about that again. Uh, season ticket members get this for free. I think they expect about 300 to 400,000 subscribers come from the season ticket members. You won't have to pay that money. So you're good if you're a season ticket member. And that's great, across great. the link. Josh, that is a fantastic attribute of the whole system. Fantastic. Yep. Yep, and and Eduardo gave us a five dollars super chat and says season ticket members get it for free, and yes, they do. And I wanted to wanted to bring that up. So, um, so that's what we got. Let's go quickly. I want to try to close up. Um, and we talked about the Apple logo, by the way, the Apple TV logo on the jerseys and how they're going to change and be different ways. So you can, they will be different colors for different teams in different ways. So we'll see what the LA Galaxy do uh, with theirs. I want to get to an article that Damian Calhoun did with Greg Vanny. We talked about Kevin Baxter's article with Greg Vanny. Now Damian Calhoun did an article with Greg Vanny, which I think is insightful. Um, so let's go over some of the quotes from this because I think they're going to be good. We won't spend a ton of time on it. I want you to go and read Damian's article article because Damien's an excellent writer. He covers the LA Galaxy very well. Um, he's a he's a very, very good uh, sort of uh, calming, steady voice that covers the LA Galaxy. Um, I always enjoy Damien. And Damien sits up, up in the press box with me not too far, and he's he's great to hang out with him. And yeah, you can't get a reaction out of him. No, Damien's just smooth, man. You should just, be a coach. He, he's, he's good. Uh, he would tell you no, by the way. No, he'd never be a coach. That wasn't going to happen. So... Um, <laughs> In this article, obviously, it was talking about the progress that was made. It was talking about looking forward a little bit. So I pulled some of these quotes. Uh, this is what Vanny said. He said, I think we made progress for sure. Most teams, especially here at the Galaxy, successful a successful season is ultimately winning a championship or winning some trophies. But I think we're also in a stage where we're trying to make progress with each of our years, progress towards being a perennial contender for championships. And I do think we made this progress talking about this season. Um, one of the other things he said was, uh, we have a really solid core group of players that we can continue to build with and build forward. I think some of our young guys have made progress. We saw Dayan Jovalich even make big progress over the course of this year, proving that he can be an additional goal scorer to our group. Ricky is still a young player who's now into the fold. Gaston brings us clarity. Mark Delgado was having a phenomenal first half of the season. Second half, he was dealing with some physical issues, but we have a lot of good pieces. Julian Araujo is a more, is, is a year more experienced. And I thought finished the season strong. There are a lot of things, a lot a lot of steps forward for us. I think one of the biggest steps forward is the group has grown in continuity and belief. I think they truly believe they can be the best team in MLS. That's part of it. When you're rebuilding a franchise, rebuilding a team is they've got to get across that hurdle where they see each other, they trust each other and they go, yeah, we can beat anybody. We can be the best. And then that starts to drive the environment and the culture to now we can start to achieve and push towards that. I mean, 
some of this is like I always whenever I read these quotes, I'm like, oh, I realize why Greg Vanny's a coach because like you read that and you're like fired up, man. Let's let's do this. Right. You're like, oh, I wish the season started now. The guy, the boys are all ready. They're all fired. They're ready to run through a wall. Like when you read some of the stuff, I'm always like, oh, OK. Um, but also, it, yeah, I know it's it's raw, raw, right? Um, but it's also how he sees things, right? And whereas, and I think a lot of fans would sit here and say, well, he screwed over Dan Jovalich this year, right? Greg Vandy says, Dan Jovalich succeeded in what I gave him yep. to do, right? Yeah, and I don't think they get, uh, you and I, Christian, would be on the minority of people who were like, he used Dan Jovalich pretty effectively throughout the season. Um, and you had a Chicharito side who, yes, struggled through the center middle of that year, but scored 18 goals, Whenever it all came down to it, like you got the most out of Chicharito that you probably were going to get as well, even with that sort of lack of service in the middle of the year that we all saw that picked up again once he got service again. So could Chicharito be better next year? Could Dayon Jovalich be better next year, more comfortable in their roles, understanding where they're at? All these things. Greg seems to think that those guys are happy. He talks about Julian Rajo being happy. You know, you got Ricky and Gaston Brogman. So I just think it's interesting looking, looking through that and being like, so, so, and I don't expect Greg Vanny to sit here and go, no, no, you know, no, we sucked. Like, you know, the whole, he's not that guy either. So you always have to temper what he's actually saying, what he's actually meaning with, you know, the, how this is going to be perceived because he's talking to us. He's talking to Damien. He's mm-hmm. talking to the fans, but he's also talking to the players. Cause you know, the players going to read it too. So like, you have to be careful with what you say and how you say it. Um, and I think people who don't understand that are bad managers, Right. And you can poke the bear at the right time when you need to poke the bear, but there's no need to poke the bear right now. Cause we're going to talk about Kevin Cabral here in a second. And Greg Vanny's going to have a very rosy view of Kevin Cabral, much rosier than everybody else. But I, as I've said many times, Christian, and I think hopefully you'll agree with me, maybe not. Greg Vanny sees everything that we see. He saw Kevin Cabral struggle last year. He saw the positions and everything that happened. He's in that understanding. People will think that he's not. I, I tend to believe he does. He sees it as we see it, that Kevin Cabral has to go. The quotes I'm about to read to you are going to suggest that perhaps he doesn't see you know, the, the big things. But again, he's talking in a situation, I think, where he has to sort of there are three ways it could go. Kevin Cabral stays. Kevin Cabral gets traded, right? Nobody wants Kevin Cabral. And so what are you going to do with him? Like, how, how is this going to go? You don't know the answers to these questions. And if you don't know the answers, then you better not say Kevin Cabral sucks and we're trying to get rid of him. And hopefully that goes. So here, let me read the quotes. Um, This was on Kevin Cabral. There will be some expectations for him to make some physical growth over the course of the season. We will put together a plan of what we expect to see and try to take big steps forward as we go into next year. We will consider all of our options to get him to where we need him to be. That's, by the way, if you want to read into anything, listen to that line. We will consider all of our options to get him to where we need him to be. That might not be on the team anymore. That might be somewhere else where he can develop, and that's where they need him to be. Uh, We've invested in the young man. You see him get into some really, really good positions. Now we have to start to see the production when we get into those positions. He knows this, and he accepts this. Some of that is mental. It's confidence. And some of it, I think, is physical and technical. But I do think it's mental for him, and we're trying to find the best solution and working with him on trying to find the best ways for him to continue to take steps forward. We're considering all of our possibilities to help him to get to that point. I think the best possibility for helping Kevin Cabral, I'm going to say this quietly and into the microphone, I'm going to whisper to everybody, is to trade him. Yeah, just between us, is to trade him or loan him out to a team in France. Yeah? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, good. I just, I just yeah, yeah. It's Christian. Go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's it's time for him to go. So, um, 
That's all you need to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, and and again, I don't think I know people are going to hear that. I know they just have this like visceral reaction. Greg Vanny doesn't know what he's talking about. Greg Vanny does know. Um, this is the part where I don't like it though. He goes, I don't know if it was a step back. The season was a step back for Kevin Cabral. It was, uh, but I don't believe he took a big step forward. Duh. That's for sure. Inside of games, he does some things to help our team. But ultimately, when you're attacking player, when you're a winger or a guy who ends up in front of the goal with as many opportunities who want a better percent of those finishing with goal, whether it is him finishing the goal or setting up the goal. Again, he understands that and the expectation. He says, I thought he would be in the eight to 10 goal range this year. By the way, I agree with that. I thought he should have been in the eight to 10. And by the, if he finishes like 50% of the chances that he had, he's has probably scores eight or nine. Had 20. Yeah, exactly. He would have had 20. Uh, we certainly didn't get there. So we've got to collect as a group we have to to determine with him what's the right scenario what's the right moves in terms of where what he needs to be doing for himself and what we need to be doing to help him take those steps forward if you so like i hear that and in my mind it's me i think greg van is being very telegraphy in that the, he could not be here because we need to do what's best for him to get him to, to proceed. We need him how do we develop him they might like what's best let's look at that Gosh, we we could say I know we're we're in the podcast business. We yeah. can over talk this. He's not good enough. Yeah, I I don't think. I mean, I was That's hopeful. It. I I never I've never I'm wanted. Sorry. I've I, 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 I'm I'm with you 100. percent I want him to succeed. I want him, and he got his runouts, and he got his runouts, and he got his runouts, and he got his runouts. He's not good enough. End of story. Move Mistake on. Made. Move on. That's send, it. Send him on loan because I don't think you're going to be able to sell him. We can talk around this and like reasons why. And I understand why Greg is saying this and more power to him. But the point is, and we all know this, everybody that's seen it, it's just not good enough. Yeah. Especially in a designated player spot. It's time to move on. And I, I wanted him to succeed. Trust me. We all did. And not good enough. Experiment. Experiment over. I mean, experiment's over. Thank you. Trust me. It's like Fernando Torres, you know, when he moved from Liverpool to Chelsea and got two years of starting opportunities and, you know, scored a handful of goals. Yep. It, it didn't work. Yeah. And, it, it, and, you know, there's no ill will or anything. No. It happens in soccer all the time. Fine. Move on. You're going to hit. You're going to miss on your signings. The point is acknowledge your misses and correct those mistakes. And that's where this is a critical moment for the Galaxy, I think, where they've got to go. Hey, wait, we've got a player here who's young, who has promise, but can't deliver. He's been given a chance. Now, where do we send him off to? Who's going to want this guy? Yeah. I mean, I think, right. I think he finds a home back in league two in France. I think, you, I think, yeah. Okay. Oh, if you're league two team, yeah, you're looking at him and you're looking at tape of him. Yep. Are you going to want him? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a difficult, no. well, well, maybe you will whenever you realize the LA galaxy are probably going to pay the fact that there's going to be takers there. There isn't. Uh, well, and that's the problem the galaxy find themselves in. So they're trying to, you know, and, and understandably so. And Mark, you know, in all defense of them, absolutely. They, they should defend it. It's their position because they own this player. But, you know, here we are in a situation where a player is not producing. Um, but there's no takers, but we want takers to get them. So we're kind of sitting here with tainted goods in, in, so to speak. So let's be honest with it. I mean, call, call it what it is. It's, it's not working out. Move on. If you got to buy them out, you buy them out. It happened with geo, you know, in the situations where they're looking at it with possibly, you know, Douglas Costa, but you have to acknowledge the folly of your ways because there's only way you're going to get better is to acknowledge the, the folly of your past, cut your losses and move forward. And it ruthless as it sounds, that's the way it works. The the rumors have been on the side of Kevin Cabral moving. 
all right, of not being with the LA Galaxy. Now, and, and the rumors, and while they're unsubstantiated, certainly, and while anybody with a pulse could say, hey, the Galaxy need to get rid of Cabral because it's, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm of the opinion that he's not on this team whenever it starts the season in 2023 yeah. because I'd be. I, and I see, I, I'm of that opinion. He can't be. And and maybe no. it's because of the young designated it's players. It's organization if you bring back a Kevin Cabral. No, you are five time champion of Major League Soccer. And you're bringing back a player like Kevin Cabral. I had it's, no, I had no problem with not, the two years. I had no problem with giving him two years. Maybe he got too many starting spots down the line. I still believe that he probably provided, in some ways, something that the Galaxy didn't have at least in their upper. Maybe Cameron Dunbar could have could have fit into that. We've talked. I think we've yeah. talked a little bit about. That. Maybe you could have had somebody else fit slightly into that role, right? But it the writing was on the wall for Derek Williams coming down the stretch where he wasn't starting anymore and he was coming off the bench. The writing was on the wall for Kevin Cabral as well, which was he wasn't starting anymore. You have a young designated player who doesn't start. You have a designated player in Douglas Costa who can't go more than 60 minutes, right? So you have to do something. And I, like I said, I think that was it. It's done. And I think that the, that Greg is saying all the things he needs to say to make sure that he doesn't return or lower the value any more than he already has, than Kevin Cabral already has. And so now it's about, how do they move him and when they move him? And also, too, I mean, this is a lot on the galaxy right now where if you bring back a player that has proven that he cannot produce, what are the fans going to think of you as an organization? Yeah. What are you and I? I mean, I'm pro galaxy and I'm, I'm always in the. But if you're bringing back a player that's proven that they're just not good enough. To bring them back, what is that going to say to your fans when you're trying to get them to get season tickets, when you're trying to bring them into promotional events, when you're trying to get them to come out and support your team? I mean, I'm a fan at heart, and I would be disheartened. Yeah. If I saw him out there, and I saw him out there in the number nine shirt. How, how can you take him to, like, a, a team signing? How can you like, yeah. wouldn't you be worried that people are going to boo him, that people are going to get in his face? Yeah. Like that's that type of thing, because it's, it's gotten that bad. It's it already happened at the end of the season. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to pile on him. But the, the point is, it's time to to go make a move. And yep. if not, it's OK. We all fail. We all fall on our face. I mean, God, trust me, I've done it more than anybody else. You fall on your face. You pick yourself up. You dust yourself off. Move on. Boom. The transfer market is hit or miss. You're right, lucky right. to get 60 percent of your signings. I mean, Sir Alex Ferguson. You know, Eric Jemba Jemba. For every Cristiano Ronaldo, there's an Eric Jemba Jemba or, you know, a Fred or, you know, a, a, the kid from Portugal. But whatever. It's it's hit or miss. It's it's gambler's market. And, jo- Joao Pedro? Right. Joao Pedro. <laughs> exactly. We didn't hit. No. So, fine. Move on. Boom. But don't let it dwell because when it happens like this, now you're in den- – you're in- you're endangering the morale and the ethos of your team, and it festers. Yep. And, and they, these guys know this. They, these guys know exactly what I'm saying. Way ahead of more time than I am. But the point is, I understand the fans' frustrations. I'm with them, and, and you know, we didn't work out. Time to move on. Let's see what we can do. But free up that spot because every time we, if we talked about it with Sasha, we talked about it with Victor. Those are spots that are, regardless of the machinations and the money that you were talking about and how it works with the salary cap. Those are spots that are precious, especially in our league where you know space is finite well and you're talking about a designated player Fiorentina, it's it's infinite i right. can i can get 45 players it doesn't matter this place is fine this space is finite we've got to get players that can contribute if not you know then it's at our loss and we can't replace them see so, you later see you later yeah. that's how it has to be 
I understand. You have to be so much on top of your game in terms of player personnel and putting them in and getting the best out of your players, more so in this league than any other league in the world. And hopefully, and you know, in situations like Kevin Cabral, it's happened, you know, I mean, we could point the finger all the time, but it, it's time to move on. Cut your losses however you have to do it. Leave it people smarter than me to do it. But move on. You can Kevin Cabral cannot be in a LA Galaxy jersey. 2023. Uh, Matt gave us a five dollar super chat. Says with a, with the Adidas deal ending, I believe in 2024. Uh, who would you guys want as far as brand jerseys? So so do you have? Are you a Nike guy? Are you? I don't care. It's like I'm a Kappa man. <laughs> I, I don't care. I I do not. I think that every and I know Adidas oh, has. That's so, a hammer question. Right. That is a hammer question. But he you know he's he has the night off. Um. I would say that every jersey manufacturer has its hits and it has its misses. Um, and I think that if you want the, you know, Adidas to go to Nike and then you have Nike, well, Nike puts out some, some, the ad. Yeah. Well, that, that ad was great, right? It was, but there's one big thing missing. Yeah. What's that? Zendine Zidane. Oh, so they didn't, they didn't want Zidane, huh? Or they asked him and he said no. And this guy. Yeah. So he had shoe politics and. Oh my. As always. That was a big miss. I was I'm a big Zizou fan, so. Uh, gotcha. I gotcha. All right, let's move uh, on to a couple of our final things here. The LA Galaxy have four free agents. Free agency is open. Um, that opened as of 10 a.m. on November 16th. So uh, the Galaxy has have four players who are free agents. Uh, Sasha Kleshin, uh, Richard Sanchez, uh, Jorge Villafania, and Eric Zavaleta. All options. All uh, free agents. Um, and so basically that means they can sign and there has been a lot of restrictions lifted from the free agency that used to be only like you could only sign one or two free agents. It's unlimited now that's gone away. So for the most part, it's open market for a lot of players. Um, this is one of the reasons Aaron long has been talked about. Um, there's a bunch of good players out there right now, um, that are going to be free agents and that is now started. So that means the other galaxy can go out and try to sign free agents. Uh, if you remember they missed really badly on free agents last year. And if you look at some of the main players who Albert Rusnak going to Seattle, and then you had, um, you know, the, the midfield with Acosta at LAFC, the galaxy went after apparently all three of like the highly talented midfielders. Yeah. Sanchez. Yeah. Ilya Sanchez. That's right. And so they missed on all three of sort of the big, highly touted wanted midfielders. Now, do I think the LA Galaxy's form has improved and therefore their chances of landings more free agents? Perhaps they're seen now as a team that's on the rise. I think that their standing is much better than it was at the offseason last year. So do they have a better chance of signing some of the free agents they want? I think they do, depending on position, depending on where they're at. So uh, that's my my take on it. Also, the end of year waivers coming up on Thursday, November 17th. Um, don't Some good players out there, Josh, there are, don't there pay, are don't pay attention too. to any of this stuff, like the re-entry draft or anything. Just wait for the results because trying to follow it or trying to track it is exhaustive and they don't publish it until like the list is done and most of the teams pass anyway. Mm-hmm. So not worth your time paying attention to, but know that like, you know, Joe Corona is on the re-entry draft stage one, right? So if the galaxy were looking for backup midfield depth, perhaps they could go get Joe Corona again. That was totally, I just looked down the list real quick and saw Joe Corona's on the list. I was like, I'll put his name in there. doesn't mean that they should. I'm just saying that that's an option now for that stage one. Remember stage one, you're basically picking up the player with their contract, right? So what their contract yeah. already is, you're picking it up. Stage two is you're picking up the player and you have the right to renegotiate a new contract. All right. So keep that in mind as we 
we go along. Are you big on the re-entry draft there, uh, Christian? You always like sitting I, at I, the keyboard waiting for it? I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely stupid when it comes to like the whole machinations of it. And that's where you're way better at it than I ever will be. But uh, in terms of quality of player that's available, if you can get them, I mean, th- there is some quality out there. I mean, you know, I'm just talking about Ola Kamara. He's, he's out there. And, you know, you talk about Joe. I mean, we're not we're not talking about designated player quality, but there, there is some some player quality out there that can be you know worth you know considering. Right. Um, I mean, but as as far as like contract value and what they're presently on and what right. you get them on, then that obviously remains to negotiation. You don't definitely don't want to pick up a player that's on some fat contract, you know, <laughs> and have to you know try and bring them into your squad when they're not going to deliver to their you know, pro- their promise. So, right. Yeah. I, I think we're, it's, it's tough for me. I think Orlando city said goodbye to Pato. So we probably, this could be the chance that I've been waiting for to have Pato on the LA galaxy. So that way they could be the Pato and Pato show. God, no? talk, about, talk about a guy who's just signed the sign and sign. He's <laughs> and he goes everywhere. Up. Is it falling up a, a thing? I mean, good Lord. <laughs> Every time uh, let's go to one of the rumors. And Alex Ruiz over at the striker was, was sort of summarizing a lot of this, but uh, there are reports from Spain that via real are interested in bringing LA galaxy midfielder, Ricky Puj on loan with an option to buy this winter. Uh, Alex says he's not buying this rumor too much, but don't be shocked to hear more interest from Europe. Agree with that. Um, especially if Puj continues to dominate MLS. Yep. There is some technical things that you always have to work about out about. Remember that, Barcelona has the option to buy the player back, right? That that's mm-hmm. that's built into the contract. That Barcelona has a fifty percent sell-on fee should the LA Galaxy sell on, and that at that fifty percent, they probably have a large say about where Ricky Puj goes and how he sort of does. Not saying that they have overall veto power because I don't believe that to be true. Unless they want to be like, okay, well, we really want to sell him to Villarreal, so we're going to buy him back and then sell him to Villarreal for you know, whatever it ends up being. So there could be some of that stuff in there. That being said, I don't expect Ricky Pooch to go anywhere this year. Okay. I think that's it. I don't think the loan makes sense in a world cup year where they're not even really playing. And then you have the winter open and then you have to come back for, I would hope that we, that LA galaxy learned the lesson with David Beckham going to AC Milan and doing all the stuff that he did back and forth. And you know, that drove everybody. People forget about those years about David Beckham going on loan and getting injured and coming back and all this other stuff. Right. So, um, that could be on, on tap for, for Ricky. Here is the thing. One thing, if for perhaps he does go on loan somewhere, he's got young legs and he can probably handle that sort of wear and tear that he's going to get. He's got insurance. Right. So, so those, those are sort of the things I don't expect that. And I think I'm with Alex. There is going to be a lot of smoke around him though, because he was very, very good for the LA galaxy and major league soccer and people paid attention. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And and the galaxy better get used to this. Yep. Because they're, if, if he plays like he did the last, you know, 10, 11 games or whatever he did. I mean, he, he changed the game. He changed his team. He changed the entire Western Conference, the yep. way he played. This is a, in my opinion, a, a player that could change the landscape in MLS signings. A, a young player like this who's using MLS as a platform. We haven't seen that. Yeah. Ever. No. Of a player of his caliber. This guy, when he's on his game, no doubt about it. He, he can be amongst, he's not an elite European player, but he's definitely up there in an upper class of European type of player in, in that regard. So, yeah, and, and we better get used to it because as he elevates his game and as he elevates his stock and brings the Galaxy into you know better success, 
there's going to be people sniffing around. And that's normal. It's part of the game. The galaxy better get ready for it because it's going to happen. Yep. And there's going to be people tabling offers. And then you get into a situation where, you know, in, in the machinations and, 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 you know, contractual obligations, which you know way more than anybody is, that this puts pressure on the organization of the galaxy to go, wait a minute, okay, we've got a guy on a TAM deal. He came from a Barcelona deal, was paying him $4 million a year. He's paying, he was being paid r- roughly, what, am I wrong, at about $1.6? Yeah, we're, we're, I think the $1.6 is, is correct. Yeah, well, you're coming in and you, you're with an organization, whether it be Villarreal, Manchester United, AC Milan, or saying, hey, you know what, we'll give you, you know, $15 million and Ricky, and we'll give you, you know, $5 million a year, Ricky. Yeah, $1.7 guaranteed, by the way, just in case anybody, like six nine five. so... Okay, so what's what's Ricky gonna do? I mean, you know, Ricky, we know he probably wants to go back to Europe. He wants to get back to the elite level. So, the guys just have to get used to tabling those offers and you know being able to negotiate with that and get the most out of the situation of yeah, they're in a great position right now, but you don't want to be in a situation where, for instance, AC Milan or anybody Chelsea comes in and says, hey, I've got this. T- I'm gonna table you an offer of 15 million. Right. I'm gonna pay Ricky. 10 million a year, but the LA Galaxy refuse it. Yeah, now Ricky and stuck on his TAM deal, and yep. now you've got a resentful Ricky Pooch. Yep, which is why eventually maybe he gets moved up to a designated player deal because you're going to have to pay him more money, right? Exactly. Yeah, you have to pay a player. The point being, you have to pay a player what he's worth. Ricky Pooch is not a TAM player. Nope. Ricky Pooch is a designated player. We all know it. He has to be, regardless of the machinations and, and everything and the restrictions on the. the the, the team rules ever. He's got to be a designated player because he is of a quality of a designated player. And he, he understands that he's a player that's trying to rebuild his stature after his misgivings at Barcelona. And now he's getting a chance to prove himself. Well, now he's doing that. And now he's going to want a little bit more in return. Say, hey, I, I produced for you guys. What are you going to give for me? Yep. Yep. No. Now, someone's out here going, going, hey, I'll give you this. I will give you a $20 million contract. I'll give the Galaxy a $10 million transfer fee. And if Ricky Pooch is sitting there saying, okay, but the Galaxy is saying, you're under contract with us, is that going to make Ricky Pooch happy? Yeah, yeah exactly. You you can't afford to to upset that apple cart. So eventually, two things have to happen. The player. Yep. I think two things eventually have to happen. I don't think it needs to happen this year, maybe towards the end of the year, depending on how he's playing. But you need to make sure that he's a designated player for the next year if you plan on keeping him past this year. Right, because yeah. I think you can get one more Tam year out of him before everybody's like, "Yeah, this kid is I think worth." Summer's going to be interesting. It will. It will be interesting. It could, right? And so, but because you, you have the, the first half of the MLS season. Yep. And if he continues on like he did the last half of the season or the last ten eleven games, then the scouts are going to come sniffing around, and then their transfer window opens up, and then the Galaxy are going to be like, "Oh my goodness, yep. we're in the middle of the you know, the dog days of summer." What do you do? That's when you that's when you're gonna have to sign him to a new contract that's a designated player contract. Remember Douglas Costa's contract comes up at the end of this year, right? Because he has one more year. And so basically you could say, Ricky, we're gonna pay you a lot of money coming up in twenty twenty four. So we're let's sign a new contract right now. We'll get you all set, blah, 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 the whole deal, and and we're gonna we're gonna be good, right? Right? We're gonna be good, Ricky. And then you have to hope. There's two things that end up happening. One, he becomes a designated player if he plays and as we expect him to play, he becomes a designated player in twenty twenty four. And two is he eventually gets sold too. 
So those things happen and you have to account for and be ready for both those. There's only one way Ricky Pouge does not get sold that he loves Los Angeles. He loves the lifestyle. He loves being here so much. And that's so different from Barcelona and everything that he grew up with that he wants to stay. And that I don't think that's going to happen, right? That's the only way though. He has to fall in love with being where he's at and being content and still being this, this great player. But he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. No, it's not happening. All right. It, let, let's, he's a footballer. He's, he's a world-class footballer. <laughs> Let's close this up and, and talk about our last thing. The LA Galaxy announced that they're going to host some FIFA Cup, FIFA World Cup watch parties. Um, this will be at the Hermosa Beach Pier. Um, and so they're going to do one on Friday, November. They have two games they're going to do on Friday, November 25th. There's an 8 a.m. kickoff and 11 a.m. kickoff. One of those, of course, on Friday, November 25th, which is Black Friday, is the U.S. men's national team versus England. You can be down on the Hermosa Beach Pier. They have big screens out there. They partnered with everybody uh, to have the big screens. Just <sighs> make, Yeah, are you are you pumped? Or you're, ner- you're nervous. I, I, you, there's nobody that wants to beat the English more than I do. <laughs> Sorry, Soph. Yeah, she's okay. She, she understands. I just. Uh, um so anyway so love it yeah netherlands versus ecuador and then u.s men's national team versus england that's on friday 20 the november 25th then on uh saturday november 26th it's france versus denmark and then mexico versus argentina 8 a.m 11 a.m games on those God, it's so good it's yeah i mean it's christmas so it's christmas come a little early with the world cup and uh, i know but you know it's funny i was tweeting about this the other day i'm like it's november it's weird it like, is I, weird i'm like I'm, I love club soccer, right? I love club football, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, I love the European club football. I'm like, wait a minute. It's, I'm pissed off that it's gone. Right. World Cup comes in. And I'm like, this is weird. Yeah, it feels weird. Whole, you know, Qatariness of it where, you know, let's be honest. It's, it's, it's not great. Anything. It's not great. It's an, that's another pod that you can, you know, head up somewhere. No, but, no I'm um, good. So I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm torn, but now I'm starting to get a little fired up and I'm going to embrace my hypocrisy. Good. I'm, I'm glad. Um, yeah, it is weird. Uh, it's weird timing. It's weird that like you're sort of it, the lead up feels wrong because it's not long and procrastinated and drawn out. It's not three weeks of Christmas in July. Right. It, it's just it feels goofy and, and a little icky uh, at the same time. Having said that, uh, I'm really interested. You feel dirty, Josh. I do. I do. A hundred percent. And I, I like I said, embrace the hypocrisy. I'm, I'm sort of with that as well. I want to see. I also I am a very big believer that I have no idea who wins that group. Uh, group B is like just this crazy. I would expect England to win the group if we're if we're really looking yeah. at it. But you can't tell me that there aren't scenarios where the U.S. wins that group or Wales wins that group or where Iran wins that group. I don't yeah. think there are a lot of teams that are set. I don't think these teams are separated by all that much. So I think that's going to be interesting to see. Um, I'm interested in seeing who which the best team out of CONCACAF, who gets the furthest out of CONCACAF. I think that's interesting. I want to see how who, who gets the farthest out of CONCACAF. <laughs> I don't think any of them make it out of the group stage. <laughs> it's gonna, oh! I don't think the U.S. is making it out of the group oh, stage. Goodness. I don't. I don't think Mexico's making it out of the group stage. Although they, they, you know, they have one softball. I think in Saudi Arabia there, but, yeah. um, but you know that helps them. But like, if you're looking at Canada, I don't think Canada's making it out of the group stage. Um, yeah. So I, I just think it's, I, it'll be interesting. We're gonna have to tally goal differential in order to figure out which is the best concap. But I'm also interested in. I think there's 35 players from Major League Soccer who are gonna be represented yeah. on World Cup teams. I'm interested to see how those players do and how. And like Aaron Long is a target, right? That you're looking at. How does he play? And if he plays really well, does that mean that he gets outside of any sort of view you for the LA Riverside. Galaxy? You see Riverside. So anyway, I think there's a lot of fun things to sort of look at. So. I think that does it. Uh, Vera, by the way, said, uh, sorry if this is a dumb question, but if there are no t- no takers for Cabral, can he be pushed down to Galaxy 2 to get him off the first team roster? No, he can't because he's a designated player. 
Um, now that may change with MLS next pro, but as far as USL was concerned, he couldn't go down there. The only reason a designated player could be moved down there is if they're on a rehab stint, like they got hurt and you mm. needed to get them some time. That's the only yeah. way that that could happen, but you can't just dump somebody on, on the USL side. Yeah, Victor Vasquez did that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But by, by the way, people forget about Remy Cabral. Re- Let me tell you the Remy Cabral, a little bit of a beefier version of his brother and, and made some serious uh inroads with the la galaxy too so one player that perhaps you just want to keep your eye on that it'll it'll be fun uh fun to see uh how this all shakes out uh i don't know what the show schedule is for next week i think i'm gonna do a show yeah i know you would think at this point um i might do a show on monday but that would mean that something actually has to happen between thursday Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in order for Monday to sort of be a thing. Well, the U.S. plays on Monday, right? Uh, they, do. they do. Yeah, right? They play in the morning, I think, at 11 a.m. Wasn't that what we were just... 11 our time. Yeah, um, I think they play at 11. So, but that's not something I cover because there's no Galaxy players on it, so I don't really care. That's not... that. Like, in terms of how this show progresses, we don't care which national team you are for or against. It does not matter. We're talking about LA Galaxy players. Uh, Uruguay would be the, obviously the one that we would be paying most attention to because of uh, uh, Martin Caceres on that. So anyway, we could look at that. Uh, I don't know. There's also a possibility that we could have a special guest on Monday. And if that happens, then there will be a show on Monday. I will let you know. Um, but as far as Thursday, no Thursday, because that's Thanksgiving. That ain't happening. But we'll come back and eventually we're going to start working our way back into two shows a week. But Kevin is in Qatar, so we're sort of feathering those in as we go. All right. Good. Glad we got everything. Do we talk enough being it's an hour and 40 right. minutes? Yeah. One hour, 52 minutes. And that's wait, wait, that's wait, our we call. We talk as well. Yeah, well, that was our call. I have about a, almost an hour and 40, 40 minutes of recording yeah. right now. So we did a pretty good job. So I think we got everybody looking at all the things that are sort of going on in the LA Galaxy around the league. Uh, we didn't say Golchella, so we won't be sued. Oh, I said it. <laughs> um and so we are we are happy and and good customers. One hour fifty three sixteen. You said. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I think we're we're all set for for all that. So we'll have you ready and willing. Hopefully, everybody has a good Thanksgiving. If I don't talk to you on Monday, Christian, I hope you have a wonderful weekend, uh, a l- wonderful fine. Thanksgiving, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. All right. Yeah, well, let's get a little choo choo going. Yeah, that's right. I said you can come on down. By the way, Toys for Tots coming up this weekend. If you are there, uh, Fairview Park, Costa Mesa, uh, we're doing Toys for Tots and free train rides. Donations appreciated always. Uh, but I'll be out there. I'll probably be in an engineer's uniform. So you would love to take pictures of that and put that all over the internet. Wouldn't you? Thank God Twitter's going to blow up. <laughs> oh, God. I don't, I don't know where to go with this. <laughs> yeah, you just leave it go. Just let it go. Just all right. Overloaded with all kinds of possibilities. Hey, Josh, yeah. big ups. Thank you for everything. Thanks for all your great coverage. I know it's been a big season for you, so thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. We we appreciate you. Tell people where they can find you, Christian. At C-Miles Sports, and you can also check me out on uh, Twitter, sorry, uh, on Pac-12, as well as um, some other outlets, such as uh, Colorado uh, Colorado Raptors. Very cool. Sure. Very good. Glad to have you on, Christian, as always. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, of course, at Galaxy Podcast, Corner of the Galaxy, where you can find all of our shows. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Once again, getting ready for the 2023 season, just 100 days until the LA Galaxy take on LAFC at the Rose Bowl. Everyone, have a wonderful weekend. If I don't talk to you, have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday as well. For Mr. Christian Miles, I'm Josh. Guessman, you've been listening. You've been watching to our little Corner of the Galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. 
And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.